Welcome to A Canadian Investing in the U.S., a podcast and YouTube channel focused on Canadians buying real estate with host Glenn Sutherland. Welcome to another episode of A Canadian Investing in the U.S. This week, my guest is John Simcoe. John, I'll I'll let you introduce yourself. (laughs) Thanks for having me on, Glenn. Um, A little bit about my background. Uh, When I was uh, very young and just got out of college, I decided to buy my first rental property and uh, and not continue with any sort of master's studies. And I I was pretty much hooked on that, and it's it's been my pursuit ever since. Uh, That was over 13 years ago. And so I've gone on to raise a lot of private capital to be able to do my real estate deals, over $35 million in private capital raised so far. Uh, And so that can come from a lot of different sources and a lot of different places. And I certainly have some strategies for for how I do it. Um, And it's kind of a process that I do again and again, and it has a very high success rate, you know, and so I thought I'd come on here and, and share a little bit about that with everyone since it you know, it's, uh, you know, people just line up looking for me. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love that. Um, and for people who don't know, John Simcoe has like a YouTube channel that's actually really great. There's a lot of good content on there. I've probably watched half of the, however many videos there are, 300 there? <laughs> Something you have? Uh, I think there's about 50 real good ones. 50 on. good Anyway, I've, I've watched a lot of them anyway. It's good content. For people who, uh, especially Canadians who are doing investing, this is, it, it's a great place to, a great resource. And there's also uh, your website, and there's some online courses there, and I've actually done one myself. And yeah, there's free ones, there's ones that are paid, and yeah, anyway. Give you a little pitch there. <laughs> yeah, well, it depends what you want to learn, um, and I only I only teach a couple of things on there, things that uh, that I've done many many times again, and uh, feel qualified to teach because I do a lot more than just what's on the course trainings. Uh, but those like strategies like rent to own and lease options, uh, I've done over two hundred of those deals, so you know I feel qualified to teach it and pass <laughs> the knowledge on. Um, same thing for working with like pension money. Uh, for for Canadians, that's like RSPs for uh, and Lira funds. For Americans, that's like 401k funds, and it works it works the same way. In fact, I've used American 401ks in the exact same fashion as that RRSPs into real estate uh, course. But those are all found on www.jonsimcoe.com. Uh, and there are some free rent-to-own trainings and other things there too, so feel free to you know enjoy. Awesome. Okay, so where do you go to raise your money? Do you go to meetups? What's your what's your spot? Where's your? <laughs> it's funny that you say that. I don't know if you've been following my Facebook or not, but uh, my little John Simcoe page. I did just put a meetup group out there spe- with the specific intent to go raise some capital out of that networking event that I'm hosting in two weeks. Um, but that's that's one example. So I'll go to some of the meetup.com events. Uh, I find that if you go to like, you know, if uh, a lot of people have read Rich Dad Poor Dad, and uh, and when they read that, they think that maybe they need to buy real estate. They need to get more education. That's for sure. If that's their first one of their first exposures to learning about personal finances and and doing deals, and so then they often from reading that book want to find a cash flow club. And that's where people get together and they play Cashflow 101. And Cashflow 202 also uh, is where that where that happens for the more advanced players. Now, a lot of people say to me, John, I can play that game online. 
it's not the same. You lose that personal touch of spending some time with someone. And so I have, I ran a cash flow club for the last decade in Fort McMurray, and I've recently moved to, uh, you know, a nicer city that's uh, got some nice weather in the mountains in Kelowna. And so I, I made that decision more for weather because it's a warmer place here in Canada. We have the most mild winters here. So uh, I, I've relocated, and so I had to restart my cash flow club. I ran it for over a decade up in Fort McMurray, and the the evening starts out the same. I have a whole bunch of game boards, uh, four to six of them, ready to, to accommodate more players. It's open to the public. Um some cash flow clubs will charge a little bit of money. I, you know, I recommend either starting your own cash flow club or going to someone else's. There's lots of them. Like I was looking up cash flow clubs uh, on the meetup.com website. And the reason meetup.com works so good um, is it's tied in with a lot of Google's algorithms. So if someone types in cash flow, um, it's going to automatically go to what city you're in. And meetup.com is going to be one of the first things that shows up if someone types that into Google. And so you get people that are in your area because it's sh Google showing the most relevant information. And so the cash flow clubs uh, through meetup.com get treated very seriously through Google. And so people find them. I just put mine up not even 24 hours ago yesterday. Um, so about 20 hours ago, and I have nine new people registered that are not in my current network. These are brand new people because my own network's already already knows about me, and they, you know, I write a newsletter once a month and keep in touch with with my regular network. And I, I recommend having some kind of retention uh, newsletter of some sort that you send out to people who might want to do deals with you. Mine's called Deal Flow Monthly. And if people want to see what that looks like, and I write it myself, and I don't send out any extra spam, I actually want people to write them. And if people write back from my newsletter, it comes to my inbox. So the johnsimco.com uh, website at the very bottom, there's a sign up for the newsletter. But when I meet people at the Cash Flow Club, they also get signed up to this newsletter. Yeah. And anyone at any networking event, hey, you know, I write this once a month. You mind if I send it to you? If you unsubscribe, you're not hurting my feelings. Um, and so basically have a newsletter that you can send out. So that way these people get followed up with long term. Um, not everyone's ready to do a deal with you when you're ready to do a deal with them. Right. So I go and I, I cultivate a learning experience at these cash flow clubs. And so I have a little, every club's going to be run by whatever host is running them. But what I found as a formula is, is have everyone come in the room, uh, meet them, uh, basically take about you know 15 to 20 minutes, maybe 30 at the max, to teach a little lesson. Uh, and I recommend just basic stuff, like you could open a, a Robert Kiyosaki book, pull a lesson from something that he taught, and then talk about it within the room. Like start start calling some of the people out, asking questions, getting their opinions, get, you know, that's the point of the meetup is to actually meet up and, and talk about some stuff. And then after we're done our lesson and some discussion, it might be what the, what's going on in the local economy. You know, that might be a reason that you might want to buy homes or not buy homes, or maybe you want to do flips, or maybe it's a better market to sell rent to owns in. Uh, or, or any number of things. Maybe you're building apartment buildings, whatever you're looking for uh, to get capital for in your projects, there's going to be a more ideal time based on how many renters there are. So each strategy in every city is going to be different. Every discussion is different, what's going on locally. 
from there, we do a little 30 second commercial where everyone gets to talk about themselves, their business if they have one, what they came out to learn. And so from there, um, I get to, at that point, I get to hear who works where, do they have a job, you know, um, Robert Kiyosaki talks. And I'm, I'm not like a rich dad endorser, I just find the books to be very a good gateway. Um, I don't work work for Rich Dad or anything, uh, but you know he has the ESBI employee, self-employed, business owner, and investor. Those four types of quadrants. So I'm classifying people as they tell me a little bit about themselves and what they came up. They came just to expand their knowledge. Great. They came because they're uh, seasoned and done lots of deals in real life and want to meet more like-minded people. Um, you know, I get some old guys that show up looking for a young guy who wants to do the deal because some of these old guys don't have the energy, but they have the money to be able to do it. So they're looking for someone to partner with who's got the enthusiasm, who wants to go out there and do the work. You might be buying a buy and hold for the long term and you're, someone's got to look after it. Well, you know, I know a few old guys who partner with me. Guess what? They don't they don't post the ads for finding new tenants. I do or someone on my team does. Or, or I took I take care of that buck stops with me at the end of the day so we need everyone and this is a little bit of an unfair um, advantage so immediately when people come in the room I'm at the front of the room and I'm looking I'm looking sharp maybe not quite full business suit and tie depends on your city and, and what's the right style but I'm dressing a, a little bit up uh, than just a hoodie and some jeans just something a little nicer even khaki pants and a, and a shirt like you're wearing right now, Glenn, like your golf shirt, that'd be perfectly fine to, to, to show up and, yep. and, and run one of these clubs, you know, to be classy, but not, uh, overbearing or, or, or very superior in any sort of way. You want to be kind of similar to the people in the room, but still professional. So that now they see you in front of the room, they're automatically going to think of you as an expert and as knowledgeable and credible because you're in front of the room. It's just an unfair advantage the person in front of the room gets. So after you have that advantage there, uh, I like to hear what they're doing. Now I'll have repeat players come back and I may have already met them. I may, uh, I may, I may already know their deal. Um, if you know of a, an employer doing you know layoffs in the area or something, that would happen in Fort McMurray from time to time where one company would merge with another and pension funds would need to be changed. Yeah. And that's an opportunity to actually, instead of having a new pension fund manager look after that 401k or the RRSP, uh, you can actually be able to put that money into your own real estate deals and you can turn it into a private mortgage. And that, and so I listen for things like that. Someone says, oh, I'm working at the Albion plant, which is something that happened uh, less than two years ago. They had a big uh, they Shell sold their oil plant. Fort McMurray is an oil town, for those who don't know. And they sold their oil sand production plant to a company called Canadian Natural Resources Limited, CNRL. Anyways, when that happened, all uh, all the Shell employees had to do something with their pension monies that was sitting there. It used to be managed by Sun Life Financial. They do things in Canada and the U.S. They're a big company. And when that money is now no longer locked in and tied to their job. It's now available so that us as real estate investors can use that money in our deals. And, and there are rules with working with that money, but I find that it's one of the easiest types of money to be able to get and work with. So I'm listening for 
maybe the person has cash, maybe they're working a job, maybe they're looking to get into a deal. And then what I will do is I'll break everyone up into groups. I'll have four to six players at each cash flow board game. Because this is this yeah. is the idea. This is to have fun too, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. But but I'm doing all this, it, you know, subconsciously in my head. I'm classifying everyone, and the people who I want to meet and play with most are the people who might have that type of retirement account based on they, where they told me they work or where they used to work. Um, if they do that in their 30 second commercial, I work I work at Shell Albion. Oh wow! Well, geez, I already know the news going on. I want to get to know that guy. I want him playing at my table. Right. Or I meet someone who says, um, I've been looking at deals and uh, haven't found any yet, uh, and I'm not sure what I'm doing. And he's a little bit new, but he's out there looking. I want to sit down because I might be able to joint venture and partner with that guy. Because yeah. as a real estate investor, I have the, the knowledge to be able to see the project from the start to the finish and to treat his capital um, very responsibly and to return it in a timely manner uh, and do what I said I was going to do and, and fulfill my promises with the deals. Um, you know, especially like those older guys who want a younger guy to do the work for them, that they're fantastic to work with. So then I get to know them and I play the game. And for those who play the game before, you pull cards, you pull big deals, and you pull small deals. And the point is to simulate having a job, collecting a paycheck, making enough deals so that your passive income is greater than your expenses that gets you out of the rat race. That's the first main objective of that game. And that's what I want every player to try and experience and feel like. And what I like to do is, is some of those people who I might want to work with in real life, I'll propose doing a joint venture in the game. You put up half the money, I'll put up half the money. Let's own this property together. Let's, let's split the cash flow that comes from it. And then I like to see how what kind of a team player they are. Because there's, oh, yeah. there's cards that come up. This is a test. Because yeah. it's better to test it. This game is a simulation of real life. And, and if something, if um, a card comes up and it says uh, tenant damages property, or when, you know, there's different things that can happen. And it says tenant damages property. Pay a thousand bucks. Well, are they going to say, oh, geez, you know, I guess I owe 500 for that. We better both pay our $500 because we're partners. That's the most basic of 50-50, but you can do whatever you want yeah. in the game. And so then I would say, okay, well, that's a pretty fair person. They've offered to cover half the cost of that tenant damaging it. But what if their attitude is like, you pulled that card, that's on you to pay it. Right. They might not be being, what would they do in real life? You yeah. pick that, yeah. you pick that renter, you'd pay for the damage. No, we're in this together. Yeah. Right. So, so how their attitude is. So if they, there's a cash call, I want the deal to almost go bad and see how they react. I'm not going to sabotage it. Cause you know, that's no, that's yeah. Yeah. And, and I don't play the game to like be the first person to win. I play the game to really watch the other players learn I don't give any of the other players the answers. I don't, you know, I let them make their own decisions because when the game's done or, or the time expires after two or three hours for this meetup, I recommend three is a good number. If you're doing about a half hour intro, um, you know, two hours, two hours and a quarter to play, maybe have a little water break in between. Um, and then at the end of the game, we do a wrap up for 15, 20 minutes. 
at that point in time, we talk about what we learned, what would you do differently, would you do it in real life, and we all go our separate ways after that. Uh, I tell them to bring a friend to the next month's meetup because they probably have a friend they know because I always want it to grow. Yep. And uh, and so like the one that I'm throwing uh, in two weeks has got 24-person limit. I, that's how big my room is, and I got four game boards, so I can't really have more than six people at each game. Yep. And so... Uh, I want to play with the people who I think I might do a deal with the most. And when the event's over, I have everyone's contact information, like from when they walked in the front door. And then I am, I can invite them. Do you want to go for coffee? Yep. There's no pressure. I sell nothing at these cash flow events. It's just come, have some fun, play the game, meet some other people. Good night. They, they get out of the door with no pitch, no pressure, no nothing. And I invite them for coffee. And then when I go for coffee, I do call this my coffee meetings. And uh, I used to drink so much coffee every day because I would sit down in a restaurant. And I, I think I got a few videos on YouTube about these coffee meetings, a few of the um, how to set the expectations, what the other person would want when you're going to pitch your deal to them and yep. uh, exactly how to do it. Well, I have the whole – I have these coffee meetings are about an hour long. Um, they are scripted, but not like by, by the exact word, but in the first five minutes, there's five things that I'm going to do. That's, uh, that's one of the videos on YouTube. So I gave away my first five minutes of that. Um, but inside the, you know, the RSPs into real estate and that works for 401ks too. Inside that course, I have the whole, uh, the whole hour breakdown of what to say at what point, when do you present your deal? How do you handle the objections? What if they say no? No might not really mean no, but at what point in time do you let them go where no is okay? Because no is also, it's okay for them to say no to your deal. So it's all about how to, how to handle that sort of process with grace yeah. and professionalism. Um, and that same formula that I use. And so all of these are to be able to get people to sit down and have a coffee with me. Okay. Backtrack a little bit. Okay, sorry. Yeah, and I was going to say, an even simpler way is say you're at a cocktail party and the guy says, what do you do for a living? You give him your 30-second pitch. I have an elevator pitch uh, video on YouTube as well. If people want to watch what they need in, in for as a real estate investor, what they need to say. Yeah. But, you know, uh, and, and after you give your, your elevator pitch, and uh, you say to them, well, you know, this is, and they, they show some interest. Oh, you, you invest in real estate. Yeah, I do. I partner with other people, this, that, this, that, you know, um, their money is secured. It goes in these deals, it goes through this process. And if they're further interested, you say, well, listen, we're at this cocktail party and I know you want to have some fun tonight. And I, you know, and it's not that this isn't fun, but let's have this conversation when we're a maybe sober because we might be drinking some wine or, or, or yeah. having a whiskey or something. Yeah. Um, let's have this conversation when we're sober. Let's go out for a coffee. It's always about getting out for a coffee to get to know a little more face to face. And it takes about five to eight exposures where you meet someone before they'll trust you with their money. Right. So the, the cash flow club could be one. Another might be an email they get from my newsletter. Another one might be some videos of mine that they're watching. If, if anyone one who's listening to this goes on YouTube and is watching any of my videos, it's indirectly building a, 
building some trust between me and them because they get to hear my voice, spend some time with me, even though I'm not there. So these systems are creating relationships. Every video that's out there is helping create a stronger relationship so that I can talk to the person two or three times and uh, put them through that same process of meet, go for the coffee meeting, uh, and then close, close your deal afterwards. And so I go through that same process. And I think about 80 or 90% of the time I'm successful when I, when I go through this process uh, of not asking for money too early, um, but also finding the right people and not spending too much time with them either. Because you can spend too much time with someone who will never do a deal with you and that just doesn't work for your business either. So how long do you wait until you pull up the, the deal? Um, I will pull it up a little bit uh, at that coffee meeting is exactly when I pull the deal up. Okay, so that's so, the second meeting. Well, second full-on meeting. Second full-on meeting is when I'm going to pull the deal out because the reason for going to the coffee meeting when you watch those first top five things to do is when you, you set the pace of the meeting at the very beginning, one of the things you tell them is by the end of this meeting, we're going to see whether working together is a good fit or not. You know, you're gonna naturally you're gonna have some questions for me. I'm gonna have some questions for you, because just because they have money doesn't mean you don't want to work with them. I got some people with money I don't want to work with because they, they they call me nonstop. Yep. Um, the the renter looks like they're leaving the lights on all the time, <laughs> and and in this deal our utilities are inclusive and like, and they're calling me all the time about it. And I'm going well, you know, I'll talk to the renter. I'll, I'm seeing them in a couple days. Uh, and then the, and to continuously be called all the time, well, listen, I know that you're concerned about the power being on, but I need you to take a little back seat on this one. Um, it does matter to the bottom line, but if someone's going to call me every two days to tell me something like that again and again, I don't want to work with them in the future. They become, you know, a lot of work. Yep. Yep. <clears throat> I had a whole list of questions and I think you've answered actually all of them just on your own. Which is pretty awesome. Um, I was planning to like deep dive and uh, rip right into you to try and get some real good details. But uh, I think I I kind of, uh, from the guests, it was like I just have to watch these couple videos of yours on uh, YouTube. (laughs) Yeah, well, some of them, yeah. I I try and give a lot away. Um, It is the information age. You know, people can find a lot of this information from different people. Um, but I thought they might have fun learning it a little bit from me. It, I'm uh, mostly a one-man show. I do have a bit of a team behind me, but you know, if I'm making videos, a lot of the time it's me making videos just to share. I think uh, last year I spent over ten thousand dollars making free videos that I gave away. Um, that that rent-to-own training, the free videos, I think that cost me about six thousand dollars to make. That that you watched, Glenn. So. I mean, I, I try and give a lot, but I do have a few paid ones because things need to balance out. Oh yeah, no, I'm I'm getting to the same point myself. Yeah, everything's free, so it's it's a lot of your time too. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> a, a lot of giving, but I think that people also will will come back, or if, if somebody. The other thing that's key about that capital raising, if we go back a bit, is that I write that newsletter, and what happens is not all the time. Like everyone needs some type of newsletter or follow up with everyone they meet. Yep. Just broadcast the news you've been up to. You know, write something about the local, what's going on in the local economy. Send it out. Don't don't be spammy. Like offer real real value because I, I want people to open my emails. 
And so I might meet someone at an event and it might not be until years later that they actually, like I might not actually have a coffee meeting with them right away. Yeah. And, and that might just not work for a while. But what happens is every month they're reminded that John's a professional real estate investor every month, one time each month. And, it, and they'll remember you each time that that happens. And when people write back to my newsletter, sometimes I might ask a question like, what markets are you currently investing in? And not a lot of people will reply to that sort of question. It's like the same thing as posting on Facebook and people, more people will push thumbs up and like than they will actually comment. Yeah. Um, but what happens is, is, is comments completely unrelated come in from the newsletter. I had one I sent out about six months ago, and 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 so a guy re responded to my newsletter. He said, and now I, I, I'm trying for the life of me to remember where I met him. I think I met him like four years ago at some type of seminar or conference. And, and he remembers me a lot better than I remember him because he's been reading my email all the time, and I've kind of forgotten because I only met him a little bit. Yep. But he got on my list, and he writes back, John, I'm inheriting nine hundred thousand dollars. We need to talk. Ooh. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so a, a guy who just enjoyed consuming my content, who might have never been able to do a deal uh, under his own means normally, yeah, suddenly becomes eligible. And guess what? I had nothing in my newsletter about uh, about any of that. He just saw my newsletter come in. It reminded him of who I was. He wrote back. I said, "Great, let's get on a call. We need to we need to talk this over and and see what you want." And then and when I do that conversation, uh, a little bit of that's part of the coffee meeting when I'm talking to someone or if I'm going over a call with him, is I want to make sure that my deal is going to do what he wants. Um, say he's inheriting nine hundred thousand dollars. Maybe one of the things he wants is to buy a Ferrari. I don't know <laughs> if he's going to do that and has his mind made up that that's what he's going to do, I'm not going to take it away. It's not come give me all 900000 of that for a deal. It's called how much, maybe he just wants to go on a trip. Yep. And buy a Toyota Corolla and, and have a reliable car for 10 or 15 or 20 years, however long it lasts, yep. you know, and, 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 and let his money work for him at that point. But that, that's going to be different for everyone. And how long can that money be in a deal? might determine whether it's going to be a buy and hold or uh, my sweet spot is I love these rent owns that are two, three years long because we're in, we make our money and we're out. Yep. Um, you know, uh, maybe someone needs a shorter deal like than that. Maybe they need something for six months. Well, maybe they should be looking at a fix and flip if they just, you know, and so by get, by finding out like what the person's objectives are, if you can see that your deal will help them get what they want, they'll do their deal with you all the time. That makes sense. Backtrack slightly for your list. Um, when you're doing your list, do you just keep track of emails? Do you put like a do you put a note in there? Like I, I started an Excel sheet of mine. What are the, what all the things do you put in your list? Um, so my list, and I'm glad you asked, um, is I have everyone. I have a little tagging system. Yeah. I used to use a very complex system, but I, I made it a little more simpler. So everyone gets into the system, and they most of them get tagged with DealFlow monthly. Almost almost everyone in my network has the newsletter. Yeah. Then I se segment that to a smaller list called Deal Alert. So everyone I meet gets my newsletter. Yeah. 
The deal alert is when I have an opportunity that needs funding and those people have, by being on that deal alert list, they've given me permission to solicit them with opportunities. Um, There's different rules for raising capital in different places and certainly in Canada, we have to be very careful with what we say and how we say it and the language that we use. Definitely. And and so I will send that. And so in Canada, we're not allowed to solicit complete strangers uh, unless we have a document called an offering memorandum, which can cost $30,000 or more. We're, we're making one for a project right now because it's a big enough project that that's worth doing it. But normally uh, you just can't advertise this sort of thing or solicit strangers. But by them being on that list means they've given me permission. Have at it. You need money for something? Tell me about it. That's what it says when they go on that. And so about 10% of my newsletter people f- end up on that uh, that other list, up approximately, maybe a little higher, maybe about 12 or 13% of my people. Um, and so what I further do is I then segregate everyone into other categories too. So if they saw a presentation of mine about RRSPs or the 401k, um, if they saw that presentation, then I'm going to tag them that they saw it. Because they might be more interested in doing it that way. Yeah, because because um, a lot of people, especially people who have like retirement money or pension money that's actually accessible, um, they often forget about it. They go to work. They they might be living paycheck to paycheck, but they've had that building for for ten years or twenty years or thirty years, and also this type of retirement money is is often forgot about. Like when someone has cash. You know, uh, if if I got fifty grand cash, I got a few choices. I can do a real estate deal. I could go buy a new car. Yep. For a pretty nice one. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, but if you take that money and go do a deal with it, all fifty of it, I feel like I have nothing left, uh, and I want some of it back at some point. So, but if someone has fifty thousand or or let's even say two hundred thousand. Let's say your deal is a two hundred thousand dollar property. You were gonna use fifty for the down payment. Well let's say this person has all two hundred thousand in their retirement account. You there's still a way for you in, in that course I talk about all the ins and outs uh, with regards to rules, but there's a way for you to go use that money and be able to do your deal. And so uh, that person who might be living paycheck to paycheck might not think they got any money but guess what? They do. They do in their pension account. Money that, that they're not thinking about because it's not in their pocket. They Most of them are not going to go out and buy a new car with it like they would have with cash. Right. They're, they're less likely to spend it. And on top of that, that type of retirement and pension money that people have saved, a lot of them want it to be growing for them for 20, 30, 40 years. They actually don't really want it back, or if you they, or if you pay it back to them, they they come into another deal right away. Right. Yep. Uh, and so more, and and what happens is when you do good and you pay them back and they earn their their interest and and their funds grow, they go and they tell three more friends. This is the rule of threes. One happy person turns into three people coming back to you. One happy deal um, turns into three more deals, and and it just it seems to grow at just the right pace. So by having a happy client, it might take you, like I like doing the rent-owns because two, three years, I've had their money long enough, they've trusted me with it, and I've given it back to them. And so when they see that, they go, geez, this John guy really pulled through. 
and they tell their friends, they get into another one and they usually bring two more people to the table. Uh, and then, you know, you go through another one of those two, three year long deal cycles and all of a sudden those three guys, they're all bringing two more people to the table again. And now, now you've got nine people doing deals with you oh, yeah. and, it, and it just, and it, it keeps growing and growing by using integrity, you know, communicating with people when you're, when you got their money and they, they want to know about, they want to know about what's going on. All of my people who do deals with me, they can just call me directly. I'll give them an update. <laughs> now, if they're calling me every single day, there might not be significant news to update. And that does get a little bit annoying. Um, but it's about setting expectations. I'll know more in a week if, it, if there's a lot going on at that, at that stage of the, the deal or, you know, something happened. I need to tell you about it. We're going to be delayed. That's a communication. Yep. You're getting paid, you're getting paid out early. That's another communication. You know, just just communicating. By the way, things are looking good. Looks like about two months from now you have all your money. Yep. Uh, people just they like to hear that. So, John, if somebody wanted to get a hold of you, what's the best way to track you down? The best way to track me down is probably uh, my Facebook profiles is a good one. J O N S I M C O E. Yep. Um, the other way too is uh, how does this sound? And and this I just thought it's rather than me giving my email address out, yeah. why don't people go to johnsimco.com, go to the very bottom, sign up to DealFlow Monthly. You're going to get a little automated response that will say you've been signed up for the DealFlow Monthly newsletter. That is being sent by my personal email address. That part's on automation automated. Yep. But as soon as you reply to it, it's coming to my inbox, and you can ask me any sort of question, whether it's American or Canadian um, related. The rules of raising money are pretty much the same. That's amazing. Thank you so much for your time and all those that great uh, offer there. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you for having me, Glenn. All right, thanks, guys.